It is a beautiful Monday morning. That's not a good start, is it, George? No, no. Let's say it like this. Try and apply that theory to any other industry in the world. It's a scam. I was betting like 70, 80k. This is the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast, helping you beat the bookmakers. G'day everyone, welcome back once again to our FIFA World Cup 2022 daily live streams on the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast. Today we will be previewing tomorrow's group games once again. We've got Germany versus Japan, Morocco versus Croatia, Spain versus Costa Rica and Belgium versus Canada. As always, please send through any questions, comments, thoughts you have throughout the stream and we will get to them as very quiet on the comments yesterday. So please don't be shy. Send through your opinions, any bets you've had already. And uh, yeah, we will read them out on the stream. As you can see, top right of your corner, we have, after a little sabbatical yesterday, pro sports better Neil Shah. How are you, mate? Yeah, all good, mate. How's things? Yep, very good, mate. Very good. I mean, as good as it can get when, uh, when Australia... You know, they let you down. They didn't let me down, but they 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 lured me in. Let's just say that, and they stabbed me right in the heart. So, classic cases. Scoring too early. Five a.m. Yeah, classic cases. Scoring too early. My neighbours. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more, mate. Um, and at the bottom of your screen, Paul from Feigning the Line. How are you, mate? How's it going, guys? Good to have you back on and good to have you on watching too, Jarnell. Evening to you. Let's um let's keep things ticking along <laughs> here. Uh any any thoughts? Any thoughts, Neil, on, on today's games? It was uh I mean, some shocking results to say the least. Arguably the biggest I don't know if it is technically the biggest upset in World Cup history with Argentina losing in terms of the betting odds, but uh I obviously missed the game, mate. It was on a bit too you know, in the middle of the night for me, but how was it? Yeah, that was the only one I actually managed to to watch properly today. I just kind of caught, caught bits of the of the other two games. Um, yeah, it was um, it was a huge shock. But I think if anyone who didn't watch the game, oh, have we lost Neil? We could have potentially lost Neil. Uh what about your thoughts, Paul? I'll just get rid of Neil for a second until he comes back. How about yourself, mate? What did you think of the game? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the first and the last one were a little bit more entertaining uh, than those middle two, I'd say. Uh, pretty obviously there. You get Neil back there? Yeah, he's back. Yeah, I, I can I concur, mate. Um, I woke up in the middle of the night and decided to chuck on Mexico versus Poland. And... Wow, that was a great way to get me back to sleep. <laughs> that one was gross for sure. That was bad. <laughs> that was very, very bad. Um, but yeah, Neil, you're in the middle of saying your thoughts on the Argentina game. Muted. Oh, you're muted now, mate. Oh. Is, I think the, the, the earphones, might, yeah, mate, you had headphones on before. Maybe you want to put those back on. All right. Let's just uh, – are you, are you there, Neil? No, nah, he's still not there. All right. Um, well, mate, Neil, I think you need to play around these settings a little bit and then we might, uh, we might be able to get you back. Uh, see if you can – no. All right, Paul. We'll just ignore Neil for now until he uh, until he can sort himself out here. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a I'm a I'm accustomed to ignoring ignoring Neil, so we can go with that. <laughs> any uh, yeah, any 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 thoughts on today before you're rudely interrupted by Neil once again? Yeah, I mean, I just just like we were saying before, how 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 you kind of agreed there. I mean, those, those middle games were. I mean, I certainly expected Denmark to create a couple more opportunities than they did. I mean, they had that that uh, chance at the back post there to win the game. I uh, couldn't get a touch on it, but I definitely expected them to create some more opportunities against Tunisia. Um, some of those young guys up front, I just they didn't seem like they had their legs under them or something. I don't, 
I don't know. Those Tunisians seemed a lot more jacked up. I'll say that much. And uh, that Argentinian <laughs> game, I mean, that obviously that was crazy with uh, the Saudis. I mean, I was amazed by that high line that they were playing. I mean, it's sort of their style. Uh, I'm not going to claim to be like uh, an expert on them. I've seen a couple games before, but I mean, like they, they do play that like trappy back line, but I certainly didn't expect them to play that high of a line and even the front lines like the midfield and uh, the wingers and things like that were pushed up against Argentina I mean they played really bold and that was impressive so yeah I mean prizes for sure today yeah it'd be interesting to see how Denmark bounce back because when you look at their group they've got you would think two other opponents Australia and France who are more are pretty happy to or at least I would think France, at least, are, are going to be pretty happy to sit back most of the time and defend. I mean, considering France was sitting back against Australia early in today's game, I think they're going to be probably happy to do it against Denmark too. So they're certainly going to have to, you know, work on their ability to break down a low block. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's not the greatest signs for, for Denmark to start off the tournament, especially with the sides they've got coming in, like, you know, the way that they'll probably play you would think quite similarly to to uh, Tunisia. Um, or I'll give yeah. Neil another chance. Are you there, mate? No, I, I, I can't hear a thing he's saying. Nothing's coming through at all. Um, yeah, mate, you're going to have to play around your settings wheel at the bottom of the screen, see if the audio is not coming out of the right places. Maybe just leave and come back. That could be a tactic too, mate. Let's try that, Neil. Uh, yes. Uh, sorry, Paul, you were saying? Uh, no, anyway, yeah, you, we were just saying about Denmark. I mean, I had um, – I have, like, a big uh, futures on them just to qualify out of the group. So, like, that was definitely a shocking and not good result for that. Um, you know, I'm – it's, it's – now it's up to hoping the Tunisians can't pull a shock result there. I mean, it's – you know, especially against France, but the issue there becomes France. I think the Tunisians play Australia next, so really yeah. France is not going to care about that last game against Tunisia. It becomes your issue um, yeah. with that. And uh, obviously that Tunisian price steamed in once uh, once everybody saw how kind of uh, rock solid they were uh, against um, Denmark today. So I think they're 2.2 now or something like that against the Australians. And uh, so, yeah, them getting the Tunisians getting Australians next is definitely a, you know, a good thing for them. If they win that game and that, that Denmark to qualify is uh, it's not looking great. So, yeah. Be Anyways, but yeah. Yeah. But the but other day on the stream, although, although we, that one's not looking good from uh, the podcast, we did give out uh Tyler Adams, nineteen over one to hit six plus tackles. So that was that was that was a good one the other day, even though we kinda kinda mixed results the other day, three and three, I think, on the yeah. one stream. So it was good though. And I mean today's results were kind of crazy, but I'm I'm interested to get into tomorrow's games kinda. And uh, I think they're kinda like hard to break down some of these matchups. Like I have a lot of plays in a couple of the games and then like the other ones I just like I don't, I can't really read the game state, so it's hard to get some props or something like that in. And then the handicaps, you know, I mean, it's tough to, you know, take a, take a bigger bet on uh, one of those unless you're pretty confident. So, I mean, uh, two of the games to, you know, tomorrow, I tend to like more than the others. So we'll see how we all go here. Yeah, mate. Well, let's, let's get started. Uh, Looking at the first game here, Morocco versus Croatia. Croatia come into the World Cup in great form, winning their past five games against the likes of Denmark twice, France, Austria, Saudi Arabia, which uh, looks like a great win after today's performance. Uh, Morocco also in pretty good form, but they haven't really been playing the level of competition. So they're a bit harder to get a read on, given that they're playing, you know, some of those African sides who... You know, obviously not as proven as your Denmark's and France. So it's a little bit harder to get a read on them. Odds for this one, Morocco 3.88, the draw 3.21, and Croatia up to 2.21. 
Asian handicap sits at about 0.25 on either side, and the over-under is evens of 2, 2.0 flat. So, uh, Neil, I will attempt to go to you firstly on this one. I haven't heard any sound coming out of you so far since you've come back in, so I'm not logging my chances. Oh, wait, there we go. He's back. I just talk while I can, while while it works. Um, August build-up as well, just like I'm not going to say anything really insightful, but let's see. Yeah, I, I, um, I'm on Croatia to, uh, to win the group anyway. But this group, I think, I think they, they've got a, a very good chance of doing so and kind of um, tipping Belgium. Um, but I don't see, um, and also I think, you know, Morocco could be a kind of dark horse to qualify from this group. But again, I think that's at the expense of Belgium. I think the Croatians will have a little bit too much um, now some experience. The Morocco, the advantage they do have is that there's, um, you know, they're going to have pretty much a home crowd. There's, you know, a huge Moroccan expat community in Doha, so the stadium will be you know, dominated by kind of crazy Moroccans. If anyone saw the Tunisia-Denmark game today, you know, it's going to be a pretty similar atmosphere, um, you know, which, you know, which, which gives them perhaps a slight edge in that sense. Um, but I just think that Croatian midfield, I think just the experience they have um, is just going to kind of prove a bit too much. So I've, I've gone for them for Croatia on the um, on the handicap line, on the quarter handicap. Um, so it'll be a half loss if, if they draw the game. Um, but I do think Croatia sneak this. Um, it might not be a kind of high scoring game. I think you know, it could be kind of quite attritional. Um, no, it really depends. But but um, I mean, I, I I like Morocco's chances. I know uh, myself before kind of falls not as keen on Morocco. I think they are a step above um, quality wise to you know, this Tunisia squad at the moment. Um, and they've got kind of a lot quality players across Europe. Um, I don't. Th- I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure if CX is going to be uh, playing um, in the game tomorrow. But um, you know, if he is or able to come on, on the bench again, you've got that kind of added quality, even though. No, he hasn't necessarily been, you know, showing that for for his club. Um, but yeah, my my pick would just be this kind of simple play in Croatia. Wouldn't put anyone just kind of backing them out on the outrights, or maybe kind of waiting and play if it's a kind of tight nil-nil first half. You're going to get some kind of generous odds in Croatia just to kind of um, see it over the line. Yeah, well, they, they I mean, they certainly have the form coming in. I, I was a little bit surprised. By the price, I thought they would be a bit shorter given their form coming into the tournament. And, uh, you know, maybe Morocco are just really heavily rated. But it's, yeah, like I said, it's hard to get a read on them given they haven't played, you know, great level of uh, opposition. Are you in agreement with Neil here, Paul? Or are you thinking that the market's got this right and Morocco are a, a decent threat to Croatia? Well, I'll just say in favor of Neil, uh, I mean, I don't have the same exact viewpoint, but just in favor of Neil there, if you're looking, uh, if you think Croatia is the value and you're looking for an entry point on the Croatians, now's the time to be getting in. Um, Like Morocco and uh, the draw, the the underdog sides have have shortened um, a lot coming up, coming into this. So, uh if, if you want to back Croatia, like certainly now is the time. I think pinnacles are like 2.18 there. Personally, if I was going to back the game outright, which I, I'll take like a smaller play on, like, uh, you know, just like a quarter unit or something like that. If you want to throw it out, I'll do like a draw at uh, 3.25. It's short. Like I said, it's shortened up a little bit from like three point. Uh, well, pinnacle open a little bit shorter than everywhere else, but 3.4, 3.5 or something like that. And uh, now it's 3.25 there at Pinnacle. I'd take that. Um, I like to draw here for a few reasons. As you said, it's like a lower uh, total, straddling the 2, 2.25, kind of straddling those lines there um, on the over-under. And then you look at the sides. Like Neil said, they both have, you know, a couple good European talents throughout the pitch, although obviously Croatia is more talented. in more areas of the pitch um, than Morocco. Like Morocco is pretty good down the wings and things like that. Uh, Croatia definitely has the advantage in the midfield. Um, but yeah, I, I do like to draw there um, for, for a small play due to the low goal line. And then also it's the first kickoff, right? And, and, and um, so it's also the first game coming out of this group. 
And so you could see like it's going to be a tight group anyways, just based on the odds. So you, I think you could see like a somewhat of a tighter game or even if one team nicks one, I think you could see the other team sitting in and just trying to stay in it and then maybe nick one late for a 1-1 draw or 0-0 draw maybe. So, I mean, I, I, I do like to draw and then just I, I had a bigger play there on uh, the tackles if you're in the offshore world. Um, all the offshore books and a few of the screens actually have better prices, but uh, Nasir Masrawi, uh, and again, a pronunciation thing there, but uh, he's playing one of the, he'll be playing one of the uh, right or left back spots for Morocco, probably the left back, I would guess. And uh, he should be getting uh, Mario Pasalic and uh, Masrawi's a pretty, pretty good tackle rate at the club. Anyways. Um, he hasn't played for the national team actually much. Um, as far as I can remember. Uh, but so, so there's not much of a statistical history there. Maybe that's why we're getting such a good line, but all the European books have this way shorter. Um, they're, you're looking at three plus or four plus tackles on the main line. So I'd also hit the alts at four plus at 4.9 and five plus at nine. Um, and I take two plus down to 1.7 anywhere you can get it. Um, a lot of world cup odds out on a lot of different books right now. So yeah, Pat Pasolich is a good runner. He gets dispossessed a lot. The heat maps are all pointing towards the, the deep corners for all the, uh, potential tackle action, um, in this game. And, uh, so yeah, I, I would definitely be, uh, looking towards Mazraoui for a few tackles in this one. All right. Nice. We've got a differing opinions there. Uh, Paul likes the draw. Uh, yeah, Pinnacle are around 3.25 at the moment. Maybe get some better odds elsewhere. And uh, and Neil likes the, the minus 0.25 on Croatia, which I believe it is around eight uh, 1.85. So if you did, if the game did draw, Paul's would win and Neil's would only lose half of your stake. So, um, and the other half would be voided back to you. So, yeah. That will be a uh, an interesting game to kick off Group E, I believe, and the Belgium game is uh, is the last fixture of tomorrow. So yeah, it'll be the first game in Group B, and yeah, maybe have an effect on the Belgium Canada game later in the day. Let's move on to Germany versus Japan. Germany one point four four. The draws at 4.97, and then the Japan lines at seven point five. Asian handicap. 1.25 and the over under is 2.75 um yeah massive game here in group f i mean just about every game in group group f is quite big given they've got three big teams there germany japan and spain but yeah you would think japan are going to need a result against at least one of spain or germany to have a sniff to get through the group stage. Um, they're a great side. They just like a bit of ruthlessness up front in front of goal. Um, but, you know, the big thing is, is that, you know, a German side full of attacking weapons, do we think, Paul, that they would be able to outscore a German side who, you know, seem to have much more talent up front? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they'll outscore them. I mean, this this game is pretty perplexing to me. Um, I, I really don't mind, like, the Japanese backline. But, yeah, the Germans under Flick tend to be a ruthless force. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's tough. They've got so much, like I said, so much attacking talent. And you know, Flick, that, that's the one thing. Some of these managers, the lineups that they've been, you know, sometimes you can't guess them. Like even Denmark today, I know like sometimes they play five at the back, but you're playing Tunisia. Why not just play? You know what I mean? It's like they gave up chances with the five at the back anyways, Denmark today, and they still didn't score a goal. Why would you, you know, I mean, I would just tend to put the extra midfielder out there already or the extra attacker out there already. I don't think they had the need for three center backs today, mm-hmm. but you know, that type of thing's not going to happen with Germany would be my point. Um, Flick's going to have all the players you know, the effective guys out there. Um, it's going to be that core Bayern squad, obviously, Kimmich and uh, and the rest of those guys. So, I mean, yeah, I, I tend to think the Germans probably find a way to get it done. I don't really have a point of entry on this game, if I'm being honest. Uh, the the total is weird. Like, I like the Japanese back line, but the Germans are going to push high all game, which is always going to allow maybe those – longer balls 
you know, in behind for a chance or two. And the Germans are always good for like two goals themselves. So you're getting a 2.75 total. I don't know. I think, I think maybe if, I think maybe the Japanese might try to keep it tight early. Yeah. You know, maybe a first half under one got, got burned on that last time with England, but in the England game. But I mean, if, if the Japanese need a result and they want to come out and shut up shop early and maybe try to nick something late would probably be more down their alley. I mean, I don't, obviously I, I just can't see them outscoring the Germans. So I see it as the Japanese are going to stay in the game. I think they're going to, probably tighten down the hatches in the first half so maybe a first half under one but i'm not confident on anything enough to really uh put my money down here you would think japan are gonna have to be just you know so ruthless in front of goal when they get an opportunity because like you said you would think that they'll sit back in this one you know take the pressure of the germans because they are so ruthless in attack and then you know try and catch them on the break or or something like that. But, I mean, this isn't, you know, we're not talking about, I mean, I know it sounds stupid now, but like a Saudi Arabia or a, I'm trying to think of some of the, like an Iran, these kind of teams where we've expected the big team to really take it to them, the other team to sit back. Even if Japan does it in this, it, we're, we're not talking about a Saudi Arabia or an Iran. We're talking about Japan, and they're, they're a bloody good team. In any other group, they would potentially be second favourite to, to, to go through. So... I look at this and think, I mean, first game, Germany, <laughs> we've seen some of the other big teams, how they've gone in their first game. The only one that's looked very good, you would say, would have to be England. I'm trying, I'm struggling to think of any other team that's looked great or, you know, above above average, at least in their first game. You're getting 7.5 for Japan. I think that looks quite big for for a decent team. Any thoughts on that, Neil? Yeah, I mean, actually, something I shared with my members, I don't know if the odds are still there, but actually for um, uh, Japan to beat Spain kind of later on in the group, it was kind of an outlier. Um, and, um, you know, there's, there's every chance maybe, you know, Spain by that point might have won two games, uh, might have rested a few, and Japan need that win. It's definitely possible. I mean, listen, if Saudi Arabia can beat uh, an Argentina side that went, what, 33, 34 games unbeaten with the greatest player of all time, um anything's possible um but I, I agree with paul i mean the odds kind of you know there's nothing that kind of screams value in terms of um, you know the, the money line or, or, or even the unders overs i think you know it, it could hit but it could be a tight game i think if there's an early goal um especially you know there's a, an early japan goal i think you know the game could kind of explode into life pretty quickly and it could become a goal fest but if not and again you've seen already you know how um, some of the games do take a while. I think they've been slow burners. Um, <coughs> the angle I was looking at, actually looking into the uh, the Saudi game, was the offsides. Um, it's, it's it's hard to, to, to kind of read too much into sort of the, the stats for Japan for this because I mean some of their qualifying games. I think they won like fourteen nil against Mongolia and you know. God knows what other drafts they were playing in the first round of Asian qualifiers. Um, but both sides, you know, do tend to average around two to a game, and I expect, as as Paul said as, as well, you know, for Germany to push up quite high. I think Japan, again, they are, even though their coach is kind of considered quite <coughs> conservative. Again, you know, that they're, they're probably the best chance is to kind of, you know, catch some of those sort of pacey German attackers in abundance. Um, and, 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 you know, kind of try and catch them out, like like um, how Saudi did today. They might take inspiration from that. Um, so, the you know, the, the, the line um, I found at Unibet was, um, sorry, excuse me, um, yeah, over three and a half offsides, uh, 1.75. Um, and I think that has a, uh, has a very decent chance of coming in. I think there could be at least four or five. I mean, I can't remember how many there were against Argentina in the first half today. There must have been at least, I mean, there were four disallowed goals offside let alone know how many um so that would be my look at it otherwise you know in terms of the the outrise I'd, I'd want to kind of monitor what's happening in play and um, just to kind of see how the game's shaping up all right mate well uh yeah let's move on i think it's i think it's an interesting game it's it's it seems yeah like a germany a mate i don't know in, in my opinion maybe a tad overrated here it, it's hard it's hard to know 
Um, it also, I don't know what the update is on Japan in terms of their injuries too. I knew Tomiyasu, you know, is quite a linchpin for them in defence. So maybe another thing to keep in mind and wait till lineups come out to see if he's okay because he was having hamstring issues at Arsenal and didn't play. So, um, yeah, question here from uh, Atta Akgun. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, but he says, what do you think the best value bit of Germany, Japan? We'll have to go with Niels. Over three and a half offsides at 1.75 was his bet there. Um, yeah, Paul not too, uh, not too keen either side there to make a big call, but... I don't know. I think a little sprinkling on Japan wouldn't wouldn't hurt you too much. Just a just a little appetizer to keep you watching the game. Um, you never know with that German, German defense league goals. So it, you know if they can't get through that that deep block from Japan, if that is the way they set up, then you know you could see a little upset. But let's move on. The other big game in, uh, or you might not call it a big game, but the other game in uh, in group. F there, Spain versus Costa Rica. Spain very, very short at 1.17. The draw, 7.81. Costa Rica, 22.08. Very similar odds here to the Argentinian game earlier today. Uh, Asian handicap is at two and the over-under at 2.75. We'll start with you, Neil, on this one. Uh Bit of a uh, narrative. Spain do love a slow start to a tournament, but they have been handed a nice leg up here in their first match against the worst team in the group. Uh, are we expecting a you know Spain to win with a low scoring game here, or do you think they can put quite a few goals past Costa Rica? You know, given the importance of goal differential in in such a in such a tight group. Yeah, I mean, of all the games tomorrow, this is the one I've kind of. Um... Yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily have 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 a play on on this one. Um, it, it could be pretty tight. I mean, Costa, Costa Rica basically sort of rated as well. At least they were maybe before everyone saw what Qatar were playing. Right, they were rated as the, the sort of the lowest um, scoring team in the tournament. I think you know they kind of look like they're going to really struggle with this group. But Spain do you know, find it difficult to break teams down, you know, who, who play, you know, kind of in, entrenched in their own half. So, you know, again, it kind of depends on that. Spain could end up winning this 5 or 6 nil. It could be a kind of a tight 2-0. Um, you know, you could take kind of Spain to, to win to nil, but you're not going to get amazing odds on that either. Um, so I think that, I mean, how many games have we had so far? There's about 50-odd games left. Um, I'm quite happy kind of sitting this one out, but I do know, I'm pretty sure like Paul has some good plays on the props angles for this. It's not something I've I've looked at, so it's probably you know one one to hand over to him. Paul? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Yeah, sorry, I had the mute on there for a minute. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I have like uh probably too many bets on this game. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, all all good value. I think that this is. This is the, definitely the matchup, like where I I'm seeing like more of a, an ability to read uh, the game state in the game, no matter what the game line is. So like even if the game line's like what Neil's talking about, you could see Spain breaking it open. But listen, I mean, yeah, you could see Spain breaking it open mostly because this Costa Rican side is just they're not good. Okay, uh, I've watched like con like you know all that. South America, uh, North America, Central America type teams. And like, I mean, they, they pull results because like the other teams in, in those types of regions aren't, you know, amazing either. And, you know, they play a very settled style and know what they're doing in parking the bus, even against those types of teams. Uh, so, so they pull a lot of late results and things like that. The Costa Ricans do like one O's or zero zeros against better teams, you know, or two O's and things like that, uh, real late goals. So, I mean, in, in that sense, maybe you could, maybe you, you could see the Spanish running it up because they're just not that great, the Costa Ricans. But the Spanish also have a tendency to, to leave it late um, and to, you know, be in these either 0-0 or 1-0-2-0 win type contests. Um, they don't have a tendency to really, you know, break open back lines. And I, I, I mean... <sighs> A lot of people are Jose Enrique fans. I mean, I'm just, I, I don't know if he, if, uh, he, if he gets the best out of them, uh, to be honest, for how much 
for how much talent that Spanish side has uh, in this generation. For me, you're looking at a stalwart like Rodri in the midfield. Uh, for, for me, the best defensive midfielder in the world right now, um, probably, or one of them. So uh, I just don't know if they get, in, they get enough out of them. But one thing they will have is possession. And if you go to a uh, Canby book right now, you can get over 72 and a half uh, ball procession percentage uh, at like 1.89 there. Um, and uh, actually, if you're like at an offshore or like uh, in the States, there's a couple um, over 70 and a half lines out there still. Uh, my members actually got over 70 and a half at Canby, but I still really like the over 72 and a half. It still would be a heavy bet for me. Um, over 70 and a half was a heavy, heavy bet for me at 1.83, but I, I really do like that 72 and a half still. I'd take it up to like 74%, uh, still you're probably getting an edge about to 74%, um, on an Asian over 74. So I, I do really like that. And here's the reason, uh, against non-friendlies, the last Costa Rican matchups, New Zealand, New Zealand, 67% possession. New Zealand, oh USA, 65%. El Salvador, 69%. Canada, on a red in the 34th minute, 68%. Jamaica, wow. 63%. Mexico, 72%. Mexico, 72%. Panama, 64%. You look at the opponents of the Spanish in their last games. A friendly versus Jordan, who only had 27%. Portugal. They held to 32% in a game that was basically tied for the whole match. Switzerland, 25%. Czech Republic, 24%. Switzerland, 34%. Czech Republic, 20%. Portugal, 40%. Ireland, 16%. And Albania, 18%. So you get the point. Ridiculous hit rates against European competition for Spanish possession. Ridiculous hit rates for low Costa Rican possession against CONCACAF opponents. I mean, it's a perfect recipe, I think, uh, for a good heavy bet there on that line. Um, I also, for similar reasons, like if you can't get to that one, I love Betfair. Uh, you're going to have to wait on Betfair because they do this thing where it's a bet still if the guy uh, doesn't start, but he subs. So you're going to have to wait till you see that uh, Eric Garcia and Pau Torres start at center back. But I like them both at 2.2 and 1.73 for 90, uh, for 90 plus passes at uh the flutter books again you're gonna have to wait for a lineup but you can get that at betfair or patty power um just make sure that it uh they play center back and you can take those and uh, the 100 plus line at the offshores is also good you could take that one now at the offshores on those guys 100 plus passes for like evens um at the offshores down to like 1.83 um for similar reasons, uh, like the some of the European books have this line at like 140, like 130 passes, 140 passes for these guys. Yeah, and, and I'd see them getting near there, to be honest, uh, no matter the score line, because the Costa Ricans are just going to sit in no matter what. Uh, it's, it, it just is what it is. And uh, the last guy I like there is Pedri for 65-plus passes. Bet Victor's got it at 8, eight over 11. I'd take that down to 4 over 6. And uh, – Pedri 65 passes at the States and offshore books, you're getting a better price at like 1.86. So I also like yeah. that line. I love it, mate. I love it. You've come, you come full of, full of knowledge for this one. I mean, it's, it's quite baffling to hear the contrasting styles in, in opponents there. <laughs> Costa Rica's a bit of uh, inability to maintain the ball against some pretty poor opposition there. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, probably out of all the games you'll ever see this World Cup, I think we uh, we get the idea of of what kind of game we're going to see tomorrow. <laughs> so have you ever looked at any of the other markets, maybe like corners or anything like anything that I guess favors um, Spain racking up the stats and Costa Rica sitting back? Uh, no, I haven't, man. I mean, like if somebody wanted to touch a couple alt lines at those offshore sites, I mentioned, I wouldn't like for the passes, like I wouldn't like oppose anybody. Um, but I, I didn't, I didn't look into, uh, the corners or anything like that too much, to be honest. Uh, I just, I just, I specialize like more in the passes and the tackles areas. And, uh, for the, for the passes, you definitely need to have a sense of what, what, what the possession is going to be like and definitely what the game state's going to be like and the goal lines and all those things. So 
naturally looking for those passes. That's kind of leads me to the possession stuff. And I just, I just thought that line was a little bit outlandish yeah. there from Camby. Yeah, of course. I think the line for corners looks like it's at about minus five there, obviously in favor of Spain. So, um, yeah, it'll be. You never know. You know, it's hard to predict with corners too. Whether you know whether lots of possession <clears throat> amounts to corners or goal kicks, it's you never know. So, yeah, um, it's interesting because if they stick one in the back of the net, then you reckon Odebel didn't do they go running down towards that sideline anymore? Uh, hmm. Like the I know the French uh, racked up the corners today. I'm pretty sure. So yeah. Uh, um. Like, obviously, they had the lead and stuff like that. I think if you have, like, a general supremacy like that, then you also need to look at the wingers. Are they guys that are going to be, like, making those runs down towards the bylines? Like, you have, like, an Mbappe or a Dembele against, like, those Aussie fullbacks. They're going to get to the bylines and, like, might get a corner. Hence the French rack-up corners. So, yeah. Nice, mate. Nice. All right, let's go to the next game. But I just wanted to quickly shout out myself. Uh, Ada here has said that's the best pronunciation I've ever seen. Dude, thank you, which is uh, something I will never receive for the rest of my life. If you look at some of the comments on some of the other videos for me on Trade Mate, especially that fellow that we talked about, Neil. I can't remember his name. but I see. He, uh, eat your words. Yeah, that was it. I eat my words. BV <laughs> uh, Mark is back. Good to have you on, mate. He even gives a special Eve mention Mark. to Neil. He says, evening, me- evening Neil. So, uh-huh. uh one of your super fans, mate. The self, the self-proclaimed <laughs> professor. <laughs> All right, uh, Belgium versus Canada. Belgium one point five six, the draw four point four two, and Canada there at six point two one. Obviously, these odds can change, so I'm sorry if they have. Uh, yeah, Belgium seem to be, I would say, the least favoured side out of all the heavyweights of the competition. Maybe people don't even consider them heavyweights anymore, but they do seem to, just in terms of their victories, they do seem to beat up on the smaller teams. So I guess the biggest question here is, uh, Paul, do we consider Canada to be a smaller team? They seem quite inconsistent with their results recently. Uh, this year they've lost to Costa Rica, Honduras, Panama, but then they've beaten the likes of Japan and the USA. So, yeah, what's your read on on Canada and whether you would consider them a side that Belgium could potentially beat up on? As an American, I consider Canada a small team. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I, I don't think they're a great team, though, to be honest. And I think Estacchio is out. And, uh, like... Uh, it's just like they ha- they have some talent, right? Like Jonathan David could score. Obviously, you got might have Dave, uh, Davies flying around on that wing. I don't know exactly the case with his health. I I, I did th- I did see though today that I think Estacchio is out, and if that's the case, it's like I mean, if, if then again you're looking at the lineups with this Belgium team because you have somebody like Roberto Martinez. You really it's like pep roulette with him. Like you really don't know who he's gonna chuck out there, and. Uh, but listen, if you have a midfield of Yuri Tielemans and Kevin De Bruyne against a 40-year-old uh, in the Canadian midfield, it's just like, I just think they're going to overrun them right there. I mean, I don't love Belgium style I, under Roberto Martinez. I think they're too like passive like and things like that. But like they spend too much time in their own half, really, for me. But... I just I just see them outclassing Canada probably. Um, I don't really have like an official play. I'm going to be honest for this one. But if you wanted to shoot something out there, I I probably would be looking to get on side with the Belgians in some way. Uh, maybe like a small like small like uh, first half two point two. They come out firing or something. Um, yeah, so maybe if you want to sprinkle a little Belgium first half 2.2, that's might where maybe where I'd take it, but it's re- it's really not a game that I'm going to have like I said uh anything official or too much money on. Um I I just I'm really not sure. Like I said it's a tight group. I, I really read that Morocco Croatia game a little bit better. Um so it's just it's just not something I'd probably get involved in, but 
Uh, you could see the Belgians thrashing them. Get it then again, like you could see Jonathan David in behind that Belgian defense pretty pretty easily. I mean, one ball and you can kind of get past those guys, and Jonathan David can certainly finish them off. So, yeah, um, I, I really don't have a strong play there. What about you, Neil? Does the does the goals angle uh, interest you at all? I think the lines are yeah two point seven five, which is pretty high for an opening group game but we are talking about two sides who are uh you know not that strong in defense and the likes of belgium who you know love to love to score goals against lesser of opposition so any thoughts on that mate yeah i mean i'm kind of slightly opposite take from me i i quite like canada here about the prices um you know for you know would be off a small uh take for a shock win um <clears throat> But I can see it potentially playing out like the Saudi-Argentina game again. Belgium, you know, getting a lot of chances, probably maybe not being able to put them away. Again, factoring in no Lukaku. Um, and and that back three is a worry uh, for them. Again, they're all playing in Belgium now, all kind of 34, 35, um, you know, susceptible to that kind of pace, the ball over the top, just um, you know, a bit of direct play. And... And I, you know, I think Herdman as well is he's a kind of you know smart coach. Like, um, um, you know, well, I mean, football would know in terms of sort of the actual games themselves. Because I, I didn't watch them, all I can pick up in on is the results. But the fact that Canada kind of stormed through Concacaf qualifying, maybe perhaps because Mexico and the US were just not up to up to form more than necessarily Canada. Um, being being that strong, but that kind of achievement shows me that they can kind of go, and, and they had quite good results on the road as well. You know, again, so uh, to me, I, I I look kind of quite closely into the um, the away results of teams in qualifying just to see this is kind of unfamiliar territory in Qatar, um, neutral venues, um, to see how teams might set up in that sense. So, um, I, if I was to go for something, I, I would go for Canada on the plus one, kind of covers you know Belgium to win it, but narrowly. Um, you know, there there is you know slim potential of, of, of a draw, um, but I think Belgium kind of they're a concern in this tournament. A few people have tipped them up to go all the way to the final. I I can't see that. I mean, I, I would love for you know for them to to do well in this tournament for that golden generation, but it, that defense is a real concern. Um, and again, you know, you are kind of relying on on you know on good quality. If it's if it's Batshuayi up front, I don't know. You know, Mertens is. You know, it's going to start, um, and you know, before De Bruyne to kind of have a moment of magic and, and pull the strings. Hazard, I think himself, I don't know if it was last week, has said, you know, he's basically he's not the same player he was, um, and you know, you, you, you barely see him <laughs> these days. Mm. So um, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think for me, I wouldn't be taking Belgium anywhere near that price, 1.56. I wouldn't want to take them on a minus two, you know, or a bigger handicap because I don't necessarily think they're going to run up that huge scoreline. Um, mm. you know, I think Canada are going to be well organised and uh, I think it's going to be a tough game. Yeah, I mean, no, just... So. Sorry, Alex. Just I mean, just... I'll, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate here a little bit against Neil just to make a market-based argument. I mean, like, the, the Belgian backline is bad, but, like, I mean, the, this, this line opened at, like, 11s everywhere. I mean, the Belgians have shortened into like a minus one straddle, minus 0.75 handicap. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because you look at it in the lens of we saw some shock results today. But for me, I just, if I was going to be in on Canada, I don't know if it would have been right now, maybe is what it more what I'm saying, I guess. I just don't like, do, do you see that the Canadians are five to one shot right now? I mean, I don't know the, what it, over under two and a half. I, I just don't see. I don't know. Like even if the Canadians score one goal, do you see? Do you see? Uh, you see Belgium not scoring two. I think potentially, yeah. I, I, I think potentially they could struggle. I think they, they haven't got their focal point. I think um, you know they, they do look a bit disjointed. Um, I guess part of that possible. drift is Lukaku yeah. to, to Lukaku too. Mm. I, I mean, that's definitely the focal point. As you, I mean, that's a great point there, Neil. I mean. A lot of that market drift could, you know, could be on the basis here that Lukaku um, isn't there to, 
you know, finish off a lot of the service. I mean, that's their area, Belgium. They can get a lot of service in there. But if Lukaku's yeah. not there to finish well, no, off, he's not going to do them much more. Yeah. I was going to say, Alex, on that point, that reminds me in the Euros, I, I, I think it was, I think, it, I can't remember if they were playing Russia, if Russia were in their group. They had a final group game where they, they kind of rotated quite heavily, where they had a few injuries and kind of the Belgian price kind of drifted out quite a bit. Um, but, 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 you know, they were, again, it was still kind of sufficient. Oh, no, he's gone again. <laughs> I really, I he he kind of convinced me honestly. I forgot about Lukaku a little bit there. I mean that that kind of aligns with the market a little bit. I mean that was a very good argument there. Uh, I mean yeah. yeah, it's just not. It's like I said, it's not really one I'd be betting anyways. But I mean it is interesting the odds. But yeah, I was going to mention both teams to score. You can get that at one point nine two in a few places. Um, if we're looking at two teams that. You know, they're not too great defensively. Uh, it, I guess it depends on how. How do you? How do you? How would you? I, I mean, I really of? think that's. I, I. I wouldn't say that's its worst shout. Also, because like you're looking at like <clears> over <throat> two and a half, straddling over two point seven, like over two point seven five is one point nine five. But you're getting had, both. But you're getting both to score against a pretty tetchy Belgian backline. You know, at a much better it, price. So. I think it, it wouldn't matter about really game state either. Like if, I mean, if Canada sat back, they've obviously got the pace to get in behind those slowest centre backs. Uh, if so, and I mean, if if they both kind of went at it together, then they're both you know going to be liable to shipping goals in that that way too. So I think yeah, if I was going to have a bet, both teams to score it, I think you can get on the exchanges around one point nine. That could be, yeah, that could be the way to go heading into that game. Any thoughts on that, mate? I, I definitely, I would definitely seed, uh, seed the selection to you guys on this one. So, I mean, yeah, if, <laughs> uh, if both, I mean, like I said, though, just market wise, I mean, we said over 2.75, you got a shaky Belgian backline and then, uh, like both to score is still only like the 1.9 at some places out there. It's like, I mean, that that seems more logical probably is the way to go. So, I mean, it, it sounds like a decent argument to me. Yeah. Um, I, Ada here is, has mentioned over two and a half and both teams to score. I've got no idea what kind of price that would be. Uh, I assume it would be over evens, I'm guessing. Um, but, yeah, that could be, that could be yes. a way to approach it too. Um, got some others that are uh, sending in bets here. Uh, Dream, Dream Squad HD. He said Belgium or X and over two and a half goals. I assume that means uh, double chance Belgium and over two and a half goals at one point nine eight. Yeah, that's also a pretty interesting angle. I think. Uh, yeah, I, I mean. It's hard to. Uh, I think it's. It would be favoured for both teams to score, which it is on the market already. But you've obviously got the vig there. So, um, but yeah, I think we've given enough options there for the game Belgium versus Canada tomorrow. Yeah, lengthy discussion. You got both sides of the argument there, so at least people can make up their own, uh, own mind. Let me see if Neil's completely gone or not. It seems like he is. Uh, if you can hear me, Neil feel free to jump back on at any time if you want to give out your best bet for tomorrow, mate. But uh, yourself, Paul, I assume you're going to be going with uh, one of your bets in Spain versus Costa Rica? Yep, that's for sure. Uh, you got me pegged, man. I'm definitely going with the uh, possession bet uh, in uh, Spain, Costa Rica. That's over over 72.5% possession of Camby or over over 70 and a half. Uh, at the offshores, and then I'd take it. I'd take it to se- over seventy-four. So, uh, yep. The uh, possession bet in Spain, Costa Rica, Spain overs. All right, good stuff, mate. Uh, for myself, uh, there's nothing really tomorrow that really gets me too excited. I mean, maybe the the Japan at the big odds. Um, yeah, both teams to score in Belgium versus Canada, but it, it's harder. It's a lot harder to get a route. Uh, a, uh, a read on these games compared to some of the other games we've had earlier in the tournament. So, um, yeah, it maybe it's just uh, 
going with the unders, which seems to be kind of the landing in a lot of these games, especially the the more competitive games. Looking at your Morocco versus Croatia, uh, Belgium versus Canada, maybe is quite competitive. So maybe looking at your unders and some of these bets, so I'm really just floating out anything here just to see if one sticks. But uh... <laughs> oh, I, I I do think I think Neil probably would have given his offsides. So you could throw that one in there if you want to do that. Like I'd say he probably would give that one as his best bet, maybe. Um, but yeah. yeah, as a as a as a game bet, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think it's tough sledding tomorrow, guys. I I, I really I really don't have anything uh, too too sharp to offer there. I mean, like Alex said, maybe like the you know first half uh, first half unders or like a draw maybe in Morocco, Croatia or something. Yeah. All right. Good stuff, mate. I think we've covered today very well. As always, we'll be back tomorrow at the exact same time straight after that last group game, which would be Belgium versus Canada. Tomorrow we've got uh, Paul back once again and George Gamble is back uh, to preview tomorrow's games, which I would assume are the remaining group games in group H and G. Is that right? That sounds right. Oh, is yes. Yes, I think that's right. So the likes of Brazil are, uh, are back in the forefront, which will be nice. Um, but you can find our guests on Twitter at MyBetOrLife for Neil. And you can find um, you can find Paul on Twitter at FaintingTheLine. But outside of that, thanks, everyone, for tuning in once again. Make sure you're all back again live tomorrow at 9 p.m. UK time to preview the remaining group games there but thanks for listening please make sure you do a quick rate and review of the podcast if this is your first time on the podcast and subscribe to us wherever you are listening either on youtube there give us a thumbs up but if you're looking to implement some of the strategies we talked about today on the podcast more so the value betting ones market driven approaches to your betting make sure you start a free week trial of trade mate sports and start your value betting journey thanks for joining once again paul Thank you, Neil, if you can hear me wherever you are out there with your, your crappy internet. And we will uh, we'll see you tomorrow, mate. See you tomorrow, guys.